welcome to Prince Dino Track. I'm your host, Daniel. Today, we're going to be talking about The One from New Power Soul, recorded by the New Power Generation, which at this time consisted of uh, Prince and a handful of people. Uh, this track was recorded from May 1997 to February 1998 at Paisley Park and released on the 13th of April 1998 as a promotional single, although the album New Power Soul was released on the 30th of June 1998, 20 years ago, the day that this episode is uploaded, um, or 20 years ago and more days after this date. Um, the New Power Generation is Prince, Kirk Johnson, Rhonda Smith, Mike Scott, Mr. Hayes, and we have some Claire Fisher strings on this track. The track is 7 minutes and 4, and... Um, this album is a bit of a a bit of a strange anomaly at this particular point in Prince's career because um, he had released um, six months earlier. We had Crystal Ball come out, um, and that was mostly archive material. And about a year after this album, we would have The Vault come out, which again was mostly archive material. Um, and then Prince's final album of the century uh, would be Raven to the Joy Fantastic, which again was mostly archive material. Um, you know, that Prince kind of re-recorded. Um, and, uh, you know, there was also a, a collaboration with a, a couple of, uh, you know, younger artists. Uh, Arista's attempt to replicate the uh, the phenomena of Supernatural. Um, but, you know, there's something more I can get into once we get to rave. So in the middle of all that, Prince released this album, which even though credited to New Power Generation, most of the tracks are just Prince by himself. Some of them are kind of archive tracks, but they are mostly new material. So... You know, from from, you know, emancipation through to the end of, you know, the millennium, this is pretty much the only full album of mostly new material that Prince released. Everything else was pretty much archive around this. Um, so it's kind of interesting. But to me, this isn't a Prince album. Uh, you know, even though there's a very prominent picture of Prince on the front, um, it's credited to New Power Generation. It's the final album credited to them. Obviously, I haven't covered either of the two previous New Power Generation albums. Uh, both of which I think are like out of print. I don't think you can get them. I don't think you can actually get New Power Soul. Um, I'm sure you can get it secondhand somewhere, but I don't think it's currently in print. Uh, and I'm not sure that it's on any of the streaming services either. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of like a forgotten print album. Um, and it's, it's one of those Prince albums. I don't know why Prince started doing this, but he started to have hidden tracks, but they were buffered by like... 74 three second tracks um so rather than just have like one long silent track for some reason he liked to just have the, the numbers counting up on your your cd player um or if you imported them into you know like itunes or something like that you just suddenly have this this massive list of tracks that were all just blank um and this album was no exception. There was a there was a hidden track at the end of it. This was released as a promotional single. There was a video that went along with it, um, which has Rita Moreno in, I believe it is, uh, an EGOT winner and now a star of a Prince video. Um, she has said in interviews that she's never seen the video. <laughs> she just basically, you know, turned up on set, did her part and then went home. And it's kind of like a, a Cinderella story with, you know, Maite as the uh, playing the role of Cinderella. Um, and Prince, I mean, to me, it seems like he's, I mean, he's surrounded by women in the video. So it always seemed to me like he seemed to be like in, in a harem away from my table while she was dancing around. But that's something we can get into once we discuss the track. Joining me today to talk about this track is Erica Thompson. Hello, Erica. Hello. Uh, obviously, this is your first time as a guest on this podcast. So, uh, you know, as is tradition, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, when did you get into Prince? You know, what was your experience, um, you know? 
becoming a Prince fan. Do you remember the first, you know, Prince song that you heard? Can you remember, you know, the pr- first Prince album that you purchased? Yeah. So um, growing up, my parents were Prince fans, not super fans, but um, they liked Prince and they played uh, music in the house. And I, I can remember hearing songs like Adore and Kiss and Diamonds and Pearls and especially The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. And it's the, the really strange part of this, I think, is that I saw Graffiti Bridge before I saw Purple Rain. So my sister and I would be watching Graffiti Bridge as kids, and we loved it. And so that was kind of our major introduction into Prince. But I didn't become a super fan until later in high school when I actually finally saw Purple Rain, and I was just mesmerized by his talent. And so I had to go immediately buy everything. So that was around 2002. And so his most recent album out was Rainbow Children. So I just went to the library (laughs) and bought Rainbow Children. So um, that that was a, a very interesting starting point, having only really heard Purple Rain um, as far as a full album. So, But after that, I started to read all the biographies, and that, that was pretty much my entry. Um, so let's get into the song then. It's, you know, I feel in terms of a genre, I, I feel we're on safe ground by saying that it's a ballad, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a long ballad as well. <laughs> it's, it's The video itself actually is... It's funny because, I, you know, obviously there's this Cinderella story that kind of takes up the... F- the video is still about seven minutes long, but the first, like, three minutes of it is this kind of Cinderella story with Maite, and then the song, like, finally starts, like, halfway through the video, um, which, you know, it, I mean, something Prince has done before, you know, like, the video for Party Man is has got, like, quite a long introduction. You know, obviously Michael Jackson hired Martin Scorsese to do Bad, and that's, you know, like, 28 minutes, and there's, like, a four-minute video in the middle of that, so... Like, it's, it wasn't uncommon at this time, you know, um, for music videos to have, like, you know, long introductions or the actual music video to be, like, in the middle of, uh, you know, a bigger story. Um, so I think it's I think it's interesting because, you know, we're kind of we're at the we're almost at the end of Prince and Maite's marriage here as well. You know, we're I think by the time you get to 1999, they were already separated. Um, and then obviously by the time you get to, you know, um, the millennium, you, you know, they were divorced. Um, so it's interesting that she's featured so prominent in this video, um, given that, uh, you know, a lot of the videos for, you know, Emancipation, which was, you know, the last kind of um, big album that Prince had released before this, um, there was only a handful of videos and there was only a small amount of Maite in those videos. Um, and in this song, he actually, I think, if I, if I remember correctly, there's a, there's a point in the lyrics where he actually says Maite's name towards the end. Um, so this is like the, I mean, you had like 12 songs on the second disc of Emancipation where he, he didn't mention Maite's name. Um, and then on this song on an album that isn't even a Prince album, he's saying her name. So it's it's uh, it's kind of an odd thing. Um, you know, it's it's such a kind of, I, I don't know, it, to me, I remember this song coming out um, and I remember hearing it. And, you know, this was the thing that made me want to buy the album, interestingly enough. So obviously releasing it as a promotional single, um, you know, it did its job because I was like, well, if the rest of the album is this good, um, then this is going to be a great Prince album. But then the, I would say the rest of the album is, well, let, let's put it like this. If I, was to, if I was to give it a mark out of five to New Power Soul, I would say two out of five. I don't I don't feel like it's a very strong album, but this is probably the best track on the album. The one is, you know, is the standout song, I would say, um, on on this particular album. I don't remember this song coming out because it was just a couple years before I really started to get into Prince. But in terms of the video and Maite, I don't know if you've read her book. 
or if our if the listeners have read her book, but she puts it in um, great context uh, because she actually directed the video, and so like Prince sat back and took direction from her, and um, she talked about it being like um, a reflection of their marriage at that time. So it is a love letter to Maite, and she said, you know, after the song and video came out, they kind of had a little bit of a reconciliation for a little while before you know their permanent uh, separation and divorce, and so in the video. I was actually watching it recently, and if you go back and look at kind of the border around those little vignettes at the beginning, there are secret messages there. One even says, Jesus is king. And in the book, she says, you know, that was the only thing Prince told her to do. Hey, put these secret messages in there. And then when she opens the storybook in the video and it says in the beginning on that, that was a little tip that he gave her to do. But other than that, like the choreography, everything is her. And I think it's it's really beautiful. And like I said, I think it's a, a great love letter to Maite at that time. Um, I wasn't aware that she directed it, but, um, you know, that certainly makes sense when you watch the video. Uh, even though <laughs> there are a number of women... Um, you know, all around Prince dressed, you know, fairly scantily, um, you know, they're not wearing a huge amount of clothes. But I guess if she's the one directing, then, you know, Prince has her approval. Um, and he is, I mean, I would say this as well, probably one, I mean, around this time, um, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not much of a fashion person. But let's just say the, the, the kind of the shiny blue suit that Prince adopted for Rave and to the, the Joy... I'm just I'm not a fan of that. So I think it's probably one of the worst pieces of clothing that he ever wore, um, you know, but I in, in the one he's wearing, you know, like a, it looks like a like not a blue suit, but it's like a shirt that's kind of got the, you know, the buttons down the sleeve. And it kind of calls back a little bit to some of the stuff that he wore during Diamonds and Pearls um, and around that kind of time. So, you know, it's a very like he looks very kind of like dapper. Um, you know, it's probably as you know, you know, as good as he'd looked for a, a few years. Um, so, but you know, it makes sense that you know if Maite is directing him, then obviously she's going to make sure he looks good. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the video itself, I don't think it really relates that much to the lyrics because I, I don't know that the Cinderella thing really makes much sense with what's being said in the lyrics. Uh, you know, and and I, I don't think I saw the video for a couple of years until after I'd already bought the album. Um, and even then I was like, I don't understand what this has to do with this song. Like I'd listened to the song, you know, probably a couple of hundred times by then. And I was like, I, I, from what I'm getting in the song, I don't think I'm really getting that in the video either. Like, um, you know, I mean, the basic idea is just that, you know, um, you know, my, I, I don't know if Maite is the one for Prince or Prince is the one for Maite, but whoever the one is, it, you know, I feel like, you know, the idea of being someone's soulmate is the clear idea that's being conveyed in the song. And I don't think that's coming across in the video in, in the same way. Um, you know, as much as it's an opportunity for Maite to show off her dancing, which, you know, she hadn't, she hadn't really done in a video for, um, I don't know, at least four or five years. I mean, it was, it was probably, you know, seven was probably the last video when, we, when anyone had seen her do any dancing. Um, so, you know, it, it'd been a while um so you know i, I don't know it, it, to me it, like the video doesn't really make sense it's a nice enough video but it doesn't really kind of fit with what's going on in the lyrics um which i think are probably some of like in terms of prince ballads i think this is you know this is probably one of his best ballads you know and, and um and i like as well that this is a more mature ballad you know if you think of the ballads of of like you know uh something like a door um or you know like where prince is kind of promising stuff um, you know, promising to smash up his ride and then, you know, maybe not the ride. Um, you know, like in this, it feels like everything that Prince is saying is is genuine. 
um, and is kind of very heartfelt and it's more kind of it's more kind of mature than some of his earlier ballads have been you know and there's a little bit of him admitting um, <laughs> well that, that, you know admitting his past kind of transgressions uh, which is something he'd done on a couple of the songs on uh, Emancipation as well but you know in this song there's kind of more of a, a picture of what Prince you know how Prince sees himself and the kind of man that he thinks he should be. Yeah, I um so that's that's really interesting that you say you think it's one of his best ballads. I think it's good, but I like you brought up Adore and I would play Adore before I would play this. So I think I I mean I have a, a different viewpoint on that. Um yeah, I rate Adore higher than this, but I can see what you're saying. And I think really quickly to go back to the video, I mean you did mention harem and that's how Maite describes it in the video as well. And I think I would agree with you like the Cinderella story doesn't really match up with the lyrics but when you look at the other part of the video the performance part and he's being tempted by all of these women and like Maite even like looks away each time he's kind of tempted but at the end he comes back to her so I think that's a better reflection of the lyrics than the Cinderella portion um but yeah, I agree with you about in the lyrics, Prince talking about the the man that he wants to be. And Maite even said, like, she thought that song was a reflection of, of the struggle he was going through with her. And, you know, let's get into the lyrics, you know. Uh, it starts starts with, you know, um, a lyric which I feel has a certain level of irony, given what happened within the year. But, you know, if you're looking for a man that will walk away from responsibility, uh, is how Prince phrases it, I ain't the one. And... You know, a, a, a great sentiment to express, uh, you know, to someone who you've been married to for, you know, almost two years at this particular point. Um, you know, obviously the, the reassurance that you're not going to be the person who walks away, um, you know, I think is is a good sentiment to express. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for a brother that will treat you like anything but a queen, I ain't the one. And again, you know, if you're, I mean, you know, in the song, you know, friend, lover, sister, mother, wife, you know, Prince had kind of put forward the idea that Maite essentially is his best friend, um, as well as being his lover and, you know, his wife. Um, and so I, I think this idea, I mean, I'm not a fan of songs that put women on pedestals because I don't feel that that's a realistic way to kind of, you know, enter into a relationship. Um, you know, but I do like the idea that, you know, Prince is, you know, using language that, you know, he probably hasn't used before saying that, you know, um, he's going to treat, treat this person like a queen. Um, you know, again, that feels, <laughs> I mean, I guess he's Prince. So I guess you would automatically be a princess. So I guess if he's putting you above a princess, then you are a queen. Um, like that's the only step up that you can possibly take at this point if you're with Prince, um, you know, and I, I know I, I like I like I like the fact that that Prince is, you know, like the title, the one you would think it'd be Prince saying I am the one. But he keeps saying he keeps expressing the opposite idea and then saying that he's not that. And I think that's, you know, in terms of, of Prince lyrics, I think that's an interesting use of language, um, you know, like saying, if you think I'm going to do this thing, I'm not going to do that thing. And, I, I you know, it ends up it ends up a couple of times getting into some weird little double negatives. Um, but I, I still I still like the fact that Prince like I said, this is why, to me, it feels like more of a mature ballad, because I think, you know, a younger prince would just sing, I will do this, 
you know, I'm the one. Whereas here he's he's phrasing it in, you know, a, a more interesting way. Yeah, I think that is really interesting. And I think that's probably why Maite thought she saw that struggle in him through the song expressing, you know, what he wants to be as opposed to, you know, maybe what what he really is in the moment. And I kind of thought back, like, as you were talking to Sign of the Times, the song Forever in My Life, because on that song, he's expressing, like, there comes a time in every man's life when he gets tired of fooling around. And so I think what we see a lot with Prince in songs is he's expressing what he wants to to, um, strive for and what he wants to be, even though if he's not there yet, because like if we think of Sign of the Times, I mean, that era, you know, he's not settled down, you know, he's seeing multiple women, uh, but I think he's like expressing that desire um, to be that way. And I think we can look at the one in the same way. Uh, I mean, he tells us if you're looking for a man that will sweep you off your tired and weary feet, which I think maybe that's the only thing that could refer back to the Cinderella part. Mm. Um, you know, pay your bills, buy you pretty dresses and take you everywhere you want to eat. Um, and I do love the way he sings, make love to you every night of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, don't don't you think it over, girl. Look no further. I am the one. That's, that's when he turns it around. Um, and I, I like when he does that. There's a couple of times in the song where he kind of turns it around. And and, you know, kind of, you know, you're thinking, oh, he's going to he's going to say he's not the one. But then, you know, he says, oh, I am the one. And he confirms it by saying, oh, yes, I am. Um, <laughs> which I And I also like the look no further, because I, I, you know, instead of just saying, you know, I'm here in front of you or something like that. I think the kind of look no further is, is just like a really nice kind of turn of phrase that he uses. And <laughs> of course. I don't know. I think this. I think this. The second. The second verse. I mean. I think it's funny because Prince. You know. He uh, on Emancipation. He had a habit of. I mean, particularly on the song Style. He talks about money, and how much money he has. Uh, and then at the very end of the song, he says, "You know, style is none of that." So that's you know. So that's an interesting song in terms of like money. And here he talks about you know if you're looking for a man that will make big money and keep it all to himself, I ain't the one. Um, which now. Obviously, at this time, he, he, you know, he was successfully out of his Warner Brothers contract. And when he left that contract, he still managed to get quite a, a you know, a good payoff from Warner Brothers. Um, so I guess this is maybe his way of just referring to that and saying, you know, like, I've made all this money, but that doesn't mean it's it's my money. You know, like, this is this is our money. Um, you know, obviously, we're married. And, you know, so I, th- I think that's an interesting kind of thing for him to bring up again the, the kind of reference in the warner's contract kind of lingers for the next couple of albums <laughs> where there's still songs where he just has to kind of just one more time just kind of you know get one more dig in at warner brothers um i don't think this is a dig at warner brothers though i think this is just you know impact i mean very rarely do i ever try and say that a song is autobiographical but in this case i feel like there are some little tiny elements in here um particularly that line where it's like you know I've made this money from this Warner Brothers contract, but it's not just my money. So, you know, um, and he, he confirms it by saying, no, no, not me. And then then we get the, the part that I feel is the only kind of relevant part to the to the video. The, you know, the second half of the video where he says, if you're looking for a man that will have 10 women and confuse it all with his wealth. Listen here, I ain't that one. Um, and, I, you know, I, I mean... You know, obviously Prince had a reputation anyway, you know, before he married Maite. And there were a few songs on Emancipation as well where, you know, he said, you know, every other relationship before that was preparing him for the relationship with Maite, which I always thought was a nice way of framing it, of saying, look, the only reason any of those women were intimate with me was just so that, you know, I would be prepared for your relationship. Um, But here, you know, he's instantly just saying, you know, like, I, I like as well that he picks 10 women. 
like it's that's a very specific number <laughs> you know um it, it, it's kind of like a weird humble brag where he's like look i know that 10 women are after me at this particular moment but you know i'm that's not me I, you know i ain't the one well i wanted to ask you about that lyric because that kind of confused me a little bit because you know, it's not that he simply says, you know, he doesn't want those women. He says, confuse it with his wealth. And I was trying, like, I don't exactly know what he means by that. Did you, have you given any thoughts with that? Why he chose to phrase it that way? I'm not, sh I'm not sure because I guess, I mean, maybe the fact that he can afford to, you know, entertain 10 different women. Maybe that's, that's what he's kind of saying there. I don't know. I, I think sometimes uh, there are Prince lyrics that are, are kind of just phrased a certain way just so he can get to the end of a line. And I'm not quite sh I, I, like, I'm sure if someone had asked Prince, what exactly do you mean by confuse it all with his wealth? He probably would have gone, I don't know. It sounded good. Um, and that's right. To me, that's one of those lines where it's like, it sounds like when he's singing it, it sounds good. Um, and I should say as well, you know, Prince's vocals on this song are, you know, they're one of my favorites. Like he, he kind of goes all over his range. Um, you know, he sings some little tiny bits in falsetto. We've got some backing vocals where he does, you know, some harmonies. Um, and he's just, he, like he delivers certain lines, um, you know, kind of like that kind of and confuse it all with his wealth. Like where he goes into his lower register and, you know, pretty much whenever he sings, I ain't that one. You know, he's singing it in his little register and also he's got a little bit of a harmony going on as well. So he's like really emphasizing he ain't the one. Um, so, you know, you know, there's some really nice kind of like vocal stuff from him um, in this song as well. And then he tells us if you're looking for a man who can share his dinero and buy you half the town, <laughs> treat every step you take as if you're walking on holy ground, holy ground, uh, place you above all others. Um, when it comes to getting on down, look no further, your man's around. Oh, yes, he is. Um, and this, I like as well when he says De Niro, he says his money. <laughs> and he's like half the town, he's like half the town. Like the little echoes on this, on that, that verse are kind of funny. Um, you know, and obviously the whole kind of like, you know, treating someone as if they're walking on holy ground. Like is, you know, it's something that I think he's kind of, you know, on holy river as well. He's kind of talked about that as well. Um, you know, like of having, having things that are hallowed. Um, you know, and of course, you know, we're getting closer to Prince, you know, becoming a Jehovah's Witness. And, you know, although he never really hid his kind of religion, we are kind of starting to get more and more kind of like religious things in songs that don't really need them. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that Holy Ground needs to be a phrase in this particular song, but, you know, the way he sings it, you know, he sings a lot of this with a lot of conviction. I could see why if I were Maite listening to this song. I would be extremely convinced that this relationship was going to last, you know, another 10 years. Um, you know, the way Prince is delivering these lyrics. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, and that's why she even mentions this in her book. Um, there's a little hint of sadness in the song. And, you know, I, I got a little sad listening to it again recently because, you know, it seems so hopeful, but then you know, like what happens in their relationship. But yeah, in terms of the spirituality, I mean, he, you know, wasn't shy about talking about feeling like he and Maite had a spiritual bond. But this, uh, this song to me is even more sensual than spiritual, which is kind of surprising at this time. Like a lot of, a lot of the focus is on sensuality. And then also, you know, like you've mentioned with his lyrics about like spending money and, you know, Prince in interviews has talked about like, oh, money is not important. So I think it's a little bit, it's, a little bit of a surprising message at this point uh, with the focus there. And I like as well how he, you know, we get back to the don't you look no further with the he's standing right here, right here. You know, don't you look no further, girl. He's standing right here. 
Um, and that's when we get the, I, I mean, I want to say like a pan flute solo. I don't know what the instrument is, but I think it's, it's something, it's some kind of keyboard that is kind of doing like a, a flute solo. Um, and, you know, it kind of plays, I mean, I, I don't think it's fully this, but it plays a little bit into the whole kind of like Egyptian stuff um, from Symbol. There's, it kind of has that feel of, about it. Um, you know, which makes sense because obviously in the video, Prince is dressed a little bit like he was at Diamonds and Pearls. So it, it does feel a little bit in this song like he is trying to call back to the beginning of the relationship with Maite, you know, which obviously started around the, the kind of the early part of the 90s. I do love the, the look no further. That is probably my favorite thing in this song is just the way he keeps saying look no further. Um, you know, it's just it's just a great turn of phrase, you know. Um, and then we get kind of like the most impassioned part of the song, which is uh, kind of the bridge. Uh, where you have Prince and, you know, another another couple of princes um, in harmonies kind of singing, if you're looking for a man that will make you feel like time has just begun, a man that will make you feel like you mattered, like you're the only thing that ever mattered underneath the sun, underneath the sun. If you're looking for somebody who will turn your bad day into one long night of fun, look no further, baby. I, 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 I'm the one. And, like... That entire little, like, kind of, um, you know, bridge is just, I don't know, just the way he delivers it is, it's it's kind of, it feels, it really feels like, you know, and I said this in a couple of other songs on Emancipation, um, and also, you know, Chaos and Disorder, um, and this is also true of the B-side, Hello, as well. It feels like sometimes Prince couldn't just communicate directly to people, and so he would retreat to the studio and be like, okay, I'm going to record, like, a seven-minute song, and that will make it clear exactly what my feelings on this subject are and i feel like in that that kind of little bridge we you get the most kind of naked um kind of confession that prince is doing directly to maite you know saying you know the the, the you know time has just begun essentially you know whatever's been going on in this relationship you know let's reset it <laughs> let's let's pretend like today is the first day and you know not only that but if it's a bad day let's turn it into you know one long night of fun um, you know, like, and he, he's the one to do that. And like, I, I don't know, I just, it's one of my favorite parts of the song just because of the way that Prince kind of sings it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, you did a great, I love how you <laughs> go through the lyrics like that and call them out. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to add to the bridge part. I mean, I would agree with you, but I do like to kind of go back a little bit when you mentioned like the, the flute sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, if you remember in the video, he's like miming playing like a Middle Eastern flute too. So it is, it does. Yeah. I love how like, because I would describe the song as R&B, but it has those Arabic touches with that flute sound. And then also with the guitar. I mean, I'm assuming it's just him on guitar, but it almost sounds like a Middle Eastern string instrument, the way he's playing it, even like, and then especially at the end where he's kind of has like an extensive solo on the guitar too. So I, I, I really love those little touches in print songs like that. I think, I mean, Mike Scott's also in the band and he's, you know, he's also a guitar player. Um, but it does feel like for that moment that Prince is the one who would, you know, do the solo. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, you, you know, I think it's a rare occasion that you get to be the guitarist in a Prince band and you're the one who takes the solo. I feel like, you know, Prince is standing out there, you know, with a guitar for a reason. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of, we get, we get kind of the, the ending, which is, you know, Prince saying, don't you look no further girl, kind of just more kind of like talk singing than kind of actual singing. Um, and then towards the very end, he says, my, my, my little mite, I'm the one. Uh, and of course, my favorite thing in the world is a song finishing with the title. Um, and, you know, so I, I mean, and also by the time we get to the end of the song, he's not saying I ain't the one. He's saying 
I am the one, you know, like he's, he's, he's kind of making it more kind of, he's, he's kind of taking the passive voice off it and making it very more kind of, you know, this is it. I am the one. Um, and I, you know, I think, um, you know, I'd have to check on, um, on rave, but I don't think there's any references to Maite after this song. This is, you know, this is the last kind of time that he mentions Maite in a song. I don't think there's anything in Raven to the Joy Fantastic that kind of mentions her. There might be some songs that might be kind of songs dedicated to her, but, um, this fear, this is kind of the last time on record that Prince will kind of say her name, um, you know, which, you know, gives it a kind of a bit of a sad kind of feel. But, you know, um, <laughs> I, I think I think the interesting thing is that, you know, this is this is how Prince kind of communicated with people. Um, you know, if if there was something that was bothering him, he would go into the studio and then insist that it was definitely not autobiographical. <laughs> but, you know, there are a number of t there are a number of times throughout kind of the 80s where there are certain songs where you're like, this is definitely Prince singing a song from, you know, to this person as an apology or, you know, trying to tell someone something or, you know, like it feels like that's definitely going on on a lot of songs. And this this feels like one of those rare occasions where you can definitely say, oh, no, this is <laughs> this is 100 percent, you know, a song that's autobiographical. And I think if he if he kind of wanted to hide that more, he probably wouldn't have said my day towards the end of the song. He probably would have kind of kept that off there. You know, he could have easily said my little girl, you know, like or, you know, it, it could have been it would have been easy for him to say that. But instead, he actually said her name. And, you know, I think that's kind of one of one of the more kind of touching things about this song is the fact that you know, um, kind of just at the very end, he's willing to kind of almost admit this is definitely a song <laughs> directed at one person, um, you know, which is something rare that Prince, you know, Prince spent so many years, particularly in the 80s, in every interview saying, no, 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 don't read anything into it. You know, Purple Rain, that that film is nothing to do with my life. You know, like he, he spent a lot of time kind of talking down a lot of his songs and saying they're not autobiographical in any way, um, you know, and then once he actually got together with Maite, there were so many songs where you're like, this has to be autobiographical. <laughs> like there's, there's no other way that this song works unless it is directly, a, you know, a, a comment on the relationship that he's in at this moment. Yeah, I would, um, I would agree with that. And like, like you said, I mean, different songs that are supposed to be about different women. And, you know, apparently he would say one song is about three different women, two, three different women. Um, but even like the most beautiful girl in the world, right, which we would be so sure is about Maite, even in her book, she says she knows at least three other women who <laughs> say it's about them. <laughs> so I think this, it, this is really um, important that he does actually speak her name at the end because, you know, you can't, you can't really argue with that. So I think that's an excellent observation. <laughs> this is a song that Prince played live quite regularly, um, you know, after, after 19 he played it on there was a tour that actually supported the album new power soul uh, you know interesting that the prince that you know had kind of refused to tour a number of albums when he was with warner brothers so there was no tour for chaos and disorder you know there were like there was various albums that he kind of stubbornly decided not to promote um but from like you know 1999 through to about 2004 prince played this song quite regularly um and then after 2002 um, he started combining it in a medley with question of you um, and then started adding Fallin. Um, you know, obviously Alicia Keys had covered How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore by that point. So, you know, it, it feels kind of like he was, you know, um, <laughs> kind of doing her a favor and kind of being like, well, you know, I approve of you covering my song. So now I'm going to cover your song. Um, you know, a bit of quid pro quo there. But yeah. And then, you know, he continued performing it all the way up until his kind of final tour where, you know, he would he would basically sing the lyrics over the music for question of you, um, which I think is interesting because I think like the, you know, the, it, it's kind of the same tempo. And so it kind of, it kind of does fit. 
Um, but yeah, you know, so obviously it's a song that Prince, you know, unlike a lot of other songs, I don't think he performed any of the other songs of New Power Soul. You know, he basically abandoned all of the other songs. And there's a lot of songs, obviously, from around this time, you know, that are on Crystal Ball and, you know, Rave and To The Joy Fantastic and, you know, The Vault. And he never performed most of those live. So it's kind of rare to find like a song in, uh, from this time period that he performed kind of all the way up until the end. Um, you know, and, you know, the single itself was released with uh, Mad Sex as a B-side. Um, you know, it only kind of charted in the airplay charts at number 44. It spent 11 weeks on those charts, though. So, you know, it had some staying power. Um, but, uh, you know, it like it wasn't really released as a single officially anywhere. Um, and it was mostly just done, you know, to promote the album, which worked because I went and bought the album. So, you know, kudos to you, Prince. 20 years later, you know, obviously this is the thing that made me want to buy the album. In the same way that when I heard Get Off, I was like, I have to have whatever whatever this song is, I have to own it. And I have to own it on, you know, even if it involves me buying the album, I'll get the album and I'll just listen to the album for that one song. Um, you know, so, I, you know, obviously that's the purpose of singles is to is to sell the album. And I feel like this was a really good way to, to sell, you know, New Power Soul. Even if the rest of the album, I feel, was a huge disappointment compared to this one song. Um, you know, there was an official single released, which was Come On. Um, you know, that actually, you know, kind of was properly released and, and kind of charted in various places. But, you know, I'll cover that on a different episode. Um, but, you know, I mean, for me personally, uh, you know, I'd say the one is a five out of five. Um, you know, it's it's one of my favorite tracks that Prince released around this time. Um, you know, Crystal Ball was such a kind of unwieldy thing. You know, like I'd had at least a couple of years to absorb most of Emancipation. Um, and then Prince gave me another 42 songs to listen to um, with <laughs> with Crystal Ball and the Truth. And it, you know, it like it kind of it took me so long to kind of get through, you know, both of those kind of albums. Uh, the in between, you know, just listening to this song, where, you know, it's just what it literally is one of my favorite tracks, you know, just from this kind of late nineties print stuff, um, and I would I would say probably above most of the stuff that's on Crystal Ball and The Truth, and probably Rave as well, <laughs> and also I would say The Vault. I'd say there's maybe one or two songs on The Vault that I I would I would kind of enjoy as much as this, but this is just from this kind of from the final three years of Prince in the 90s this is you know probably my favorite Prince track wow <laughs> I you know I would be um curious to know what other fans think about the one because I don't I don't think I've talked about the song very much but for me honestly I would rate it a three out of five I mean it's not bad by any means but to me it's not among his greatest ballads and I think I kind of like quirky Prince a little bit, so I like when he does little interesting touches and takes different turns in ballads. Like, even if we think about Diamonds and Pearls, some people, I mean, it's a classic ballad, you know, people like it for the most part, but some people would say it's overproduced and he has too many little technical flourishes in there, but I kind of like that stuff. Um, but I do like, I do like straightforward sweet ballads. Like if I think about She Loves Me for Me on the Rainbow Children. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's a three because um, I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't stand out among his other ballads. I mean, it's sweet. It's a, it's a lovely song, but I think it's a three for me. I think maybe it's because I've had 20 years of like this, this like listening to this song. Like if you obviously if you you know, if you were a few years after this before you became a Prince fan, then, 
you know, this, this, you haven't been listening to the song as long. And, you know, to me, it's just like, at the time, there was so much Prince coming out that I was just like, I need a moment to just absorb it. <laughs> and, and so, you know, like, uh, at the time I would make, um, I had my mini disc recorder and I would make like little kind of compilations of various, um, various songs. And, you know, on most of the compilations, I would almost always put the one, regardless of which mini disc was in, I'd be like, well, I'll just have to put the one on there just so at least I know it's on there and I can listen to it regardless of what else I'm listening to. Um, so, you know, just it was just one of my favorite songs from, from this kind of time period. Um, you know, which is maybe why I've used this as an excuse to kind of do a bonus episode. I'm not going to be covering all of New Power Soul because I feel like the rest of the songs are just not as enjoyable. Um, you know, so but this this track, you know, this is this is just one of my favorites. And, you know, you're right. There probably are better Prince ballads. But I just think, uh, you know, maybe it's just a bit of nostalgia. You know, it's just I, you know, I remember where I was kind of in 98 when I, when I started listening to this song. And it just kind of reminds me of the summer of 98. And I'm kind of, you know, taken back there. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, Prince and Maite's relationship kind of then took a, a slightly more kind of tragic turn and kind of ended badly. So, you know, the, the kind of the sentiment the Prince is expressing you know as sweet as it was it kind of he couldn't i don't think he could live up to it basically i think you know he was promising all this stuff and then if within a year he was divorced and and it's kind of you know i think i think for prince i think maybe he kind of knew the end was coming maybe he realized it and you know this feels like kind of one last try for him to be like this is what I want our relationship to be. This is, you know, this is what it should be. This is what I should be. You know, this is how things should be in the relationship. And, you know, like I say, I just don't feel like he could kind of fulfill his end of it. And, you know, um, I, it, I mean, in the long run, I don't, I, you know, obviously I, I feel like it was, you know, Maite getting out of that relationship and Prince kind of, you know, finding, you know, becoming a Jehovah's Witness. And I feel like they both ended up in a better place once they were apart. Um, so, you know, and then, you know, obviously Prince was, was married again and divorced again. Um, <laughs> but, but it like the stuff that comes out from the rainbow children on, you do feel that Prince is in a, a bit more of a happier place. Also, you know, we go from emancipation through to rainbow children with Prince basically releasing almost no original material. Like it feels like he was creatively kind of blocked. Um, and this is one of the few kind of times where he's actually releasing something new, um, and so, you know, that's kind of interesting. And then, you know, from Rainbow Children on, it feels like he was, you know, back where he was, like, kind of in the middle of the 80s, just, like, kind of producing lots of material. And, you know, the MPG Music Club, I think, really helped with that as well. So this is kind of an interesting kind of crossroads of, you know, kind of the Prince who kind of started in 1991 and kind of, you know, meeting Maite, you know, going all the way up to the Prince that we're going to get from 2001. This is kind of the last vestiges of, of 90s Prince, uh, just before we kind of get reintroduced to, you know, a slightly different Prince in 2001. To me, I feel like I can understand why other people wouldn't think it was as good as, you know, Adore. And I would say I wouldn't put it on the same level as something like Adore. You know, Adore is kind of like a, a you know, as far as ballads go, it's kind of transcendental, like how great it is. Um, but for me, I just I just really enjoy the song. You know, and, so, and you know, I can I can kind of remember, you know, getting the album and being very disappointed by like eight tracks and then eventually getting to the one and just being like, oh, finally, a song that I love, you know, like a song that I've enjoyed. Let's, you know, finally something that I can actually get out of this album. Um, you know, I don't regret spending 15 pounds on this. Um, so so um, anyway, I feel like we've said about as much as anyone is ever going to say about the one. 
So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Erica? Yeah. <laughs> so I am actually writing a book on Prince's spiritual journey, and I've done like dozens of new interviews. So you can follow along with that at a purple day in December.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss M I S S underscore E Thompson, E T H O M P S O N. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Erica. Thank you so much. And otherwise, I ain't the one.